This Tuesday, December 19th, NBA betting picks edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Hall of Fame Bets, the sports betting research platform for parlays, player, pro- player props, and game lines. Download the Hall of Fame Bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first month and start making smarter bets today. Roster brought to you by Game Time. Game Time. Tickets make the perfect holiday gift. Sign up at GameTime.co and use promo code CFBX for $20 off. That's GameTime.co using promo code CFBX. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Tuesday, December the 19th, currently 11.36 a.m. on the East Coast. Here to get into the four-game schedule on the Tuesday card. And joining me, I got my guy here with me. It's Scott Studio Reichel. Scott, what's going on, my man? Uh, Nothing much. Looking forward to the games today. Definitely a quieter day in basketball compared to yesterday. But still, mm-hmm. looking forward to the games. Yeah, we've got a couple of uh, um, good matchups here tonight. At least, I guess we could say two of the four are going to be pretty intriguing here tonight. Uh, we've got the rematch of the NBA Finals uh, from two seasons ago between the Boston Celtics and the Golden State Warriors. Um, we got uh, John Morant possibly making his return uh, tonight uh, against the Pelicans. And then we got Suns and Trailblazers and then the Spurs without... Victor Winbinyama tonight. They are in Milwaukee. So we'll get through all four of those games as we usually do here on the NBA Gambling Podcast. But a uh, pretty eventful night last night in the association. Uh, Scott, um, I'm not sure if the comment section is trolling us or not because I, I went 0 for 2 uh, on my lock and dog yesterday. But I feel like we were pretty, me and Terrell were pretty good as far as our player props and our totals and our spread bets yesterday just didn't get to the window with our lock and dog, at least for myself. Um, I had the over in the Knicks and the Lakers game. I guess the Lakers had a championship hangover uh, in that game. Uh, they lose the game 114-109. And I did take my Rockets as my uh, dog. They ended up losing in overtime. And the Cavs, I believe the stat was they had won seven straight overtime games dating back to the 2021 season. And they got it done again last night. They got the victory in overtime, 135-130. But we'll kind of get through some of the other games here. But how did your uh, night turn out for you, uh, Scott? Yeah, overall, it was fine. I uh, had the Clippers, which worked out well for me uh, since they scored 150-plus points. So that yeah. was fine. Unfortunately, I also had a player prop parlay for fun. I ended up doing Harden 11.5. I had, what, I have Harden 10.5 assists parlayed mm-hmm. with Sabonis triple-double. And unfortunately, Harden decided to go crazy scoring. Instead of assisting, he had six assists at the half, finished with nine. It went over his uh, base assist prop, but unfortunately could not get to 11. And Sabonis got there. So it was a little bit unfortunate not to cash the, I think it was like 15 to one for that two pick, which didn't get there. But the Clippers got the job done. So that was my main play of the day. Can't complain too much. Yeah, um, Harden turned into vintage uh, Harden last night, at least Houston Rockets Harden last night. He had he scored 18 straight uh, in the fourth quarter for the Clippers. He hit that four-point play, which the bench of the Clippers went absolutely berserk. I've never seen Kawhi Leonard that animated before, um, at least for a teammate on a, in a regular season game and even during the timeout. Um, you know, he was pretty excited for what transpired for James Harden. But um, yeah, Clippers do score 151 points last night against the Indiana Pacers. They win that game by 24. They've now won, I think, I want to say, what's what, seven games in a row, if I'm not mistaken, for the LA Clippers? Eight. eight. Eight games in a row. Um, I'm still, I, I think the word for me is that I'm cautiously optimistic because they haven't played the greatest competition yet. Uh, but they've taken care of business of the teams that's been in front of them. I think that's the most important right now for the Clippers. And again, they say that winning cures a lot of things. And I think right now you can tell by the reaction from the bench and and you know, all, all, also for you know locker room morale for the talent that this team does have. But they do get the victory last night, uh, 151-127. I think the shocker last night was probably the Chicago Bulls going into Philly as an 11.5-point underdog um, and getting the outright victory. 
despite Joel Embiid scoring 40 points last night, 14 rebounds, just wasn't enough for the Sixers. The Bulls do get the victory 108-104 against the Sixers. Kobe White with a near triple-double for the Chicago Bulls. He finished the game with 24 points, 8 rebounds, and 9 assists. Um, another loss for the Detroit Pistons. No shocker there, but hey, they do cover the number against the Atlanta Hawks. A huge game for Cade Cunningham, 43.7 rebounds and three steals for him. Um, I will go further down the list a little bit, but anything from that early window that kind of caught your eye there, uh, Scott? Uh, no, not really. Congrats to the Pistons for only losing by single digits. I'm proud of you. Uh, it's now 20, what are that, 24? For losing uh, 24, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so congrats to them. Uh, they're four away from the all-time record, or at least tying it, and I believe they're two away from the single-season all-time record, which is 26. So congrats to Detroit. You're you're on the verge of making history. Don't blow it now. But anyway, uh, to go through the other games, the main takeaway for the Bulls game is this team is so much better without Levine. Yep. We already knew that because mm-hmm. we've been watching Kobe White go crazy for the last couple of weeks. But if you needed any confirmation, just the fact that this team with Levine out of the lineup has a little bit more chemistry and cohesion, and it just seems like Kobe White has, A, kind of blossomed into being a very solid starter, and B, it just seems like the ball movement's better with Levine off the court. And it definitely helps when you get rid of Levine either because of injury or because of injury because you want to trade him. And then you give opportunity to a young guy like Kobe White, who's been in the league, kind of been hot or cold for the most part in his career. And then as soon as he gets more playing time, he explodes. And I just feel like it's definitely been a smart, calculated move by the Bulls to take the veteran who hasn't won anything uh, with his team in Chicago. And they just basically said, you know what, I think we're good right now. And it's been working out. So my main takeaway from those games you mentioned, the Bulls, despite how much money Levine's getting paid, uh, seem to be better without him. And I don't think that's really a hot take. Yeah, I mean, I don't think so either. Um, I think I mentioned this on the show with Terrell yesterday. I think they had covered nine, eight of the last nine, and now nine of the last ten, if I'm not mistaken. I'll have to double-check that. But case in point, like you mentioned, and we've talked about the pod that this Bulls team just looks better without Levine. So... He may have just played his last game uh, as a member for the Chicago Bulls until a trade does uh, transpire uh, for Zach Levine. Um, I don't know who would want him, to be honest. Yeah, I don't yeah, know I, I got no idea. Like, does Detroit do something just so they can win a game at some point for the rest of the season? I don't know. Yeah, maybe, like, go to a team like the Pistons or, like, I'm not saying the Pistons should do it, but all I know is the Pistons could use help from any single angle they want. Yeah. And for tank purposes, the draft class or the upcoming draft class projection is not that great. Yeah. So tanking actually doesn't get you much this Mm -hmm. season from what I've gathered. Uh, So, yeah, maybe Detroit makes a move as a chance to get Levine on the cheap. You want to get a new... Guy who can help sell tickets, I guess, because I don't know why Pistons fans are still going to the stadium. Yeah. Just a thought. Maybe Levine ends up going there. We'll see what happens. Send him to Washington. Pair him with Jordan Poole. We'll see who we have, who who can chuck up uh, the more amount of shots um, between those two guys. Um, yeah, the latter part of the games, uh, Denver rolled against the Dallas Mavericks. Luca with another near 40-point game, but just again, just wasn't enough. He scored 38 points last night, but the Denver Nuggets rolled. In a game, if I told you that uh, uh, Nikola Jokic was only going to get up eight shot attempts, score eight points, nine rebounds, and seven assists, you probably would have thought uh, that they would lost this game. But the bench stepped up in a huge way for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, they roll again at home, 130 to 104. Uh, Utah Jazz, as a home underdog, get the outright victory, uh, 125 108. I already mentioned the Lakers game in the last game. Um, also, like you talked about, uh, Sabonis finished up with a triple-double against the Washington Wizards. Uh, took a little bit for the Sacramento Kings to get going, but after that, they finished his game scoring 143 points, including a 46-point third quarter. Uh, they get the victory victory 143-131 against the Washington Wizards. Another game that did fly over the total. But, yeah, um, couple of, I mean, a lot of blowouts last night. But other than that, I mean, it was a pretty subpar night in the association. Anything else from last night, um, Scott, you want to mention? 
Well, talk about the late window a bit. Shout out to Anthony Edwards for closing out the heat in that road win. Impressive road win yeah. there. Shout out to the Knicks for beating the Lakers. Got dicey a bit late, but Randall was solid. And it team, seemed like the team did just enough to get the job done there. Uh, the Kings, I mentioned before, I had some bonus triple-double, but that was in a parlay, so I wasn't shocked it was a high-scoring game. But I did expect the Kings to probably win this game by the end, and that's what happened. Uh, you mentioned Jokic's numbers. Dallas, I mean, half their half of their team's dead. So I'm not shocked yeah. that you know Denver won the game anyway. Utah had a nice win against Brooklyn. Uh, Utah is still proven to be a much better home team than road team. Still not very good, and I feel like everybody's on the trade block now. But the point is, Utah at home is still not an automatic pushover. But I think the main takeaway that I really had from the late window was. Really just Chet being a really good defensive player because he had seven blocks again last night. Mm -hmm. uh, you saw Shea completely cook the def uh, reigning defensive player of the year in Jaron Jackson. I don't want to get into that deep of a discussion on Jaron Jackson, but oh, he just doesn't rebound the ball, man. Like Defensively, he's really been a non-factor this year. Offensively, he has a couple of 40-point games he can score. He's like seven feet tall. Can you rebound the damn yeah. ball? Like, Steven Adams isn't even there anymore because he's injured. So you're using Tillman, and you're throwing in a couple of centers. I heard that Roddy's basically out at this point with Memphis. They're moving on. Can Jaron Jackson rebound a basketball? That was one of my takeaways. But the, the main takeaway was the Chet seven blocks and yeah. Shea still being, you know, Shea. But I got to bring it up because it's really frustrating watching seven-footers like Jaron Jackson with no true center on the court and they just can't rebound the ball. It's extremely frustrating to watch. Yeah, I mean, there's flashes where he has rebounding games, but overall for his career, it just has not been something of, a, I guess, a point of emphasis, or he's something that he hasn't been very good at um, rebounding at the basketball. At least Adams was there. You know, Adams yeah. was stealing a bunch of those boards. Like, yeah. Adams hasn't played a game this year. He's not going to. You're averaging 5.7 rebounds per game. Are you serious? Yeah. Like, you're six foot ten. Get a rebound. Yeah. Um, anything else from last night? No, not really. Uh, once again, Chet seven blocks. Shout out to him. He had a great yeah. game. Yeah. Terrell mentioned that yesterday for Chet. I think we had that in one of our underdog fantasy entries. Again, I think yesterday we fell. A, um, I think it was the Jokic rebounding um, prop short. We had Julius Randle points and rebounds to go higher, and then we had Chet to go higher. I think the downfall was Jokic. So um, hopefully we can find a winning one here tonight um all right scott before we actually do get into games here tonight speaking of underdog fantasy we are brought to you by underdog fantasy your underdog fantasy uh gives you the opportunity to play alongside some of your favorite um fantasy players whether it's in the nfl whether it's in the nba uh they've got you covered simply pick higher or lower on your favorite players fancy stats and cash in it's really that simple uh, stay to get, uh, stay tuned at the end of the episode. Scott and I will put together an off fantasy entry for the games here for tonight on Tuesday. So you can watch along. You can make your make your own picks and maybe make a little cash over on Underdog's mobile app or their website, underdogfantasy.com. And when you sign up with promo code SGPN, Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Again, that's Underdog Fantasy using promo code SGPN. All right, Scott, four games on the schedule here tonight in the association. We'll start it off uh, with the first game on the board here. It's going to be a battle of the Western Conference teams. Uh, we've got the uh, Memphis Grizzlies. They are in New Orleans tonight to take on the Pelicans. <clears throat> Pelicans currently sitting as an eight-and-a-half-point favorite in this game with a total of 230. Uh, looking at the injury report for this game, not yet one submitted for the Memphis Grizzlies, but we should see the return of Mem uh, sorry of uh, John Moran here tonight. He has served his 25-game suspension and is eligible to return here tonight against the Pelicans. Uh, for the Pelicans side of things, guys that are out for this game, uh, Kira Lewis Jr., Larry Nance Jr., and Matt Ryan. Cody Zeller is available, and Najee Marshall is questionable here tonight for the uh new orleans pelicans uh scott let's start with a side here minus eight and a half in favor of the new orleans pelicans hosting the memphis grizzlies what are your thoughts on the on the spread here so 
I a lot of it comes down to how sharp Jaw is going to look in his first game back, and I don't even know the last game he played in. I know it was last year, but you know what I mean. It's it's been months, so yeah. I don't know mm-hmm. what fully to expect from Jaw. He's probably on a minute restriction, if I had to guess. So, of course, Memphis is going to look better with him in the lineup, but they're not going to be a good team immediately since they're still missing some players. And uh, I do think that Ja, once again, might take a couple of games to fully look like himself again. New Orleans is a team that we think is a little bit psycho, but they're usually good at home. So they're much better in the, what is it, the Smoothie King Center? Is that what it's still called? Yep. It's probably my favorite name for an arena. But anyway, uh, I do think looking at the matchup, I think I'm going to lean to New Orleans. I don't really feel great about it, but Memphis is on a back-to-back, and you're playing in New Orleans, which I just think is a bad matchup. Because I mentioned before, Adams is still injured. Jaron Jackson's had a really underwhelming year on the boards, and even just defensively has not looked like the same guy. And now you're matching up against Zion and Valanchunas, and you got Ingram and McCollum and... There's just a lot of weapons for that team. But Memphis doesn't really have much of a bench. Uh, the actual f- backcourt is banged up. I know Jock came back, but you still have no Derrick Rose, still no Marcus Smart. You don't have many bodies back there. I think I'm going to lean to New Orleans. I feel like a lot of people are blindly going to take Memphis solely on the idea that Jock coming back is going to revive this team or to bring some life into a relatively dead roster I just don't see it. I, I just think that Memphis has a lot bigger issues than just Ja. And I think that the first game he plays in, in like, I don't, I don't know, since last year at this point, I'm not going to immediately assume Ja's going to carry this team like he probably will do to some degree over the next couple of months. But the first game back, what's he playing? 25 minutes? 28 minutes? 30 as a ceiling? That's not enough for me on a back-to-back. I'll take New Orleans. They scored 146 last game. Like, I think this team can score a bunch of points. I'm not sure Memphis can. I'll link to New Orleans at home. Yeah, New Orleans has been uh, really good at home. They're 10-3 and against the spread. Um, And I agree with you, like you mentioned, that it may take Ja a little bit to, you know, find his form again or get his legs back and get up into game speed again. So... Um, I'm leading with the Pelicans here. I mentioned it, right? That the Pelicans are are finally healthy. Um, they got their guys back and they're playing, they've been playing great basketball. Um, and at home, they've now won. Let's see here, at least against the spread. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games in a row. They've won seven out of the last games at home as well. And um historically, they've at least over the last couple of seasons, they've been a really good home team. So um I'll go with the Pelicans here, minus the eight and a half here. Total sitting at 230 here, Scott. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I'm going to lean over. It's tough for me to go with an under with a team that just scored 146 in a game. I'm going to go with the over. New Orleans defensively is kind of hit or miss, too, because it seems like the effort from some of the star players isn't always there. Mostly directed at Zion. Ingram, too. Not really known for being a great defensive player. McCollum tries. He's just not very good at defense. But I do think you're looking at a spot where Memphis's offense should look better, at least from a pace perspective, with John the lineup. And we know New Orleans yeah. doesn't mind running. They might get a bunch of transition chances. I'm going to lean over in this game. Yeah, it's a great point that you bring up about, uh, you know, job pushing the pace because anytime he's usually in the lineup, they usually uh, like to push the pace. Um, I don't believe these two teams have matched up this season. Let me take a look at it. No, this is their first meeting this season. Um, going back to last year, um, not much there. Two and two straight up, two and two against spread. So they, they split uh, last year as well um, all the way through. So, yeah, I'll lean to the over. Maybe Pelicans team total to go over again in this game as well. Uh, player prop, Scott, what are you looking at? So I'm trying to think of which big man I want to go after uh, with the uh, Pelicans here because Valanchunas is the obvious choice because we know that his rebounding should be insane in this game. Since I just said before, the Grizzlies don't really have many good rebounders. I don't mind actually going with a prop of Vince Williams. I I don't mind him going over his rebounds. Uh, He's actually been good at rebounding since Jaron Jackson won't do it. But to go through his numbers at at least seven rebounds in each of the last three games, he's gotten progressively more minutes as the games have gone on. And once again, Jaron doesn't rebound. And he might have to be matched up on Zion, so make it into some foul trouble. But I think Vince Williams rebounds is kind of a sneaky look in this matchup since 
I do think even though Memphis is not a good rebounding team, somebody's going to have to try. So I think that he's probably worth consideration. Uh, besides that, I don't necessarily mind just going for an Ingram game. I don't think anybody on Memphis can actually guard him just because based on the length. Now, Zion can have a big game too, but we know that he can occasionally take games off. Ingram, we know, is going to want to shoot it every time he gets the ball. So I think he's in mm-hmm. line for a pretty good game. But if I like Ingram over, and I think that Zion is a good game as well, that does make me lean to McCollum unders because they're just one basketball. I just don't think there's right. going to be enough shots for McCollum to get. But I think my main props, I'd probably link to Valanciunas rebounds. I think Vince Williams rebounds is worth a look for Memphis. It's kind of a sneaky look there. And I don't mind Ingram over. Yeah, I think the one that I did like, for this game um, was probably going to be Jaws' assist if he does end up playing that. You know, if his shot's not falling or, um, you know, he's struggling on the offensive side that he just becomes more of a distributor, you know, setting up guys like Desmond Bain and, and Triple J and, and those type of players. So at seven and a half assists at minus 105, I don't hate that for Jaw. I, you know, I was trying to get to a rebounding prop like you mentioned for the Pelican side. It's just... It's always a crapshoot trying to figure out if it's going to be Zion on a given night or it's, it's, it's it going to be Valanchunas. It should be Valanchunas, but um, there's always just those, those games where you do expect uh, Valanchunas to have a big rebounding night, but it ends up being Zion. So um, I'll stay away from uh, from the rebounding side. But if you put a gun to my head, uh, I would go Valanchunas over 11.5 rebounds in this game. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anything else for this game here, Scott? Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else I want. I thought about maybe taking jaw turnovers and just hoping that he would be a little bit out of sorts in his first game, maybe pressing a bit. I thought about yeah. that angle, but who do you think guards him? It's going to be Herb. I think Herb gets this, gets the assignment. Um, yeah. Cause yeah, probably, or either maybe, yeah, I think it would be Herb. I mean, I thought about it, but the only concern would be how many minutes jaws actually going to play. But yeah. I do think Ja turnovers might be an interesting look if you are interested in New Orleans. Now, the only problem is that three and a half. And I just said a yeah. second ago, his minutes might be a little bit limited. So the mm-hmm. three and a half is kind of scaring me away. It is plus money. I would consider two and a half, but not nah, I think I can get there at that number. All right. Um, all right. Before we get over to the next game of the Tuesday night schedule, let me tell everyone about game time. Looks that time of year where you probably want to get out to a sporting event, whether it's you know a college football bowl game, whether it's college basketball, NBA, NHL, obviously NFL as well. And look, buying tickets shouldn't be a stressful process for you. And that's where game time comes in. They create that stress-free process for you. Um, they have the one of the easiest, if not the easiest apps to use to when it comes to buying tickets. And it does, doesn't have to be for sporting events. If you want to get out to a comedy show that's in your area or a music concert or theater uh, that's near you, Game Time has it all. They have great flash deals and last-minute tickets available. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every type of event in your area. And the best part of I love about their app is that before you actually purchase those tickets to any event, you can actually get images of your seat view before you actually purchase those uh, tickets so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive at that particular venue. So forget it, planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive fast deals for tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, and much more. And the game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. That's how confident they are in their prices. Game time tickets make the perfect holiday gift. Download the game time app, create an account, and use promo code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CFBX for $20 off your first purchase. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And Ross are brought to you by Hall of Fame Bet. Win bigger by betting smarter this NFL season with Hall of Fame Bet, the sports betting analytics platform for parlays, player props, and game lines. Research every NFL, NBA, and soccer bet with historical stats and data. Enter any parlay idea into Hall of Fame Bet's revolutionary parlay optimizer tool to get hit rich broken down by leg as well as an expected probability for the entire parlay. Sort all players to buy hit rate for any bet to learn which players are hot and which picks have value. Stop betting in the dark and join over 30,000 users researching with Hall of Fame bets to craft more intelligent data-driven parlays. Download the Hall of Fame bets app or visit hofbets.com and use promo code SGPN to get 50% off your first one today. 
Start researching, start winning with Hall of Fame bets. All right, Scott, let's get over to the next game of the night. It's going to be the San Antonio Spurs. They are in Milwaukee here tonight to take on the uh, Bucks. Looking at a spread here, minus 16 and a half in favor of the Milwaukee Bucks with a total of 249 in this game. Uh, looking at the injury report for the San Antonio Spurs, the big one is going to be Victor Wimbanyama. He is going to be out for this game. He is sitting with right ankle soreness. Um, that's pretty much the big number, big uh, injury for the San Antonio Spurs. For the Milwaukee Bucks, pretty clean injury report. Malik Beasley is probable. He is dealing with a non-COVID-related illness. But everybody else is a go in this game for the Milwaukee Bucks. Scott, let's start with a side here. Minus 16.5 in favor of the Milwaukee Bucks hosting the San Antonio Spurs. What are you thinking? Yeah, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to take Milwaukee. I'm minus 16.5. <laughs> San Antonio last game at home gave up 146 points and lost by 36. I'm This team's sucks. I'm not going to spend much time going through the Spurs because I feel like I have. I've talked about how many bad teams are in the league. Popovich's favorite team this season is probably the Pistons because the only reason why this team's not getting talked about more because the Pistons have been historically bad. The Spurs have lost 19 of 20. Like this team is all-time bad too. Just nobody's fully acknowledging it because the Pistons are still in the middle of what can be an historic losing streak. But Milwaukee's been very good lately, and I I do think defensively this team is not great, but it has gotten better as the season has gone on. They scored 133-plus points in three of the last four, 140-plus in two of the last three. They're 14-2 and two at home. The Spurs are 2-9 and nine straight up on the road. And you said Wemby's not playing, and Wemby is uh, one of the better defensive players in the league. He's averaging mm-hmm. three blocks per game. Now you have to deal with Giannis and Lopez, and Lillard's been catching fire lately, and you just don't have any guys that can handle any of them. So I'll take Milwaukee. The only concern is how soon do they bench everybody uh, for Milwaukee because maybe you see Thanasis in the first half again like we did against the Pistons, which might be a new low for the franchise. But (laughs) I do think you're looking at a spot where Milwaukee probably wins by 20, maybe more in this game. I see a pretty similar script to that Pistons game we saw over the weekend which is Milwaukee up by probably 20 at the half, and they probably win this game by 30. But I think they should cover this number. I'm going to take Milwaukee. I think they probably score 135-140 in this game. Yeah, I mean, I think the Bucks can name their number as far as how many points they can score uh, or want to score in this game. Um, you mentioned, I mean, the Spurs are one of the worst defensive-rated uh, teams, and it's indicated by what their record is right now, right? And I know... No, it's with Wemby playing pretty much every game. Yeah, and he's getting, like, what, four, five, six blocks uh, per game kind of at the Chet level, and he's been um, rebounding the basketball very well as well, um, you know, for the Spurs, uh, um, you know, over the past month or so. I, I mean, you mentioned that it seems like when... Or at least over the past several games, the Milwaukee Bucks have, I guess, turned the corner of having Dame and Giannis play together. But, and I mean, when you're going up against a team as bad as the Spurs are, especially defensively, like I mentioned, like you can pretty much name your number uh, for the uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks scoring points here. So, I I, did, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a 30 point victory here for the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Um, and I also see a possibility where. They pull the starters late in that fourth quarter and, and they find a way to backdoor this number as well. So um I'll lean here with the with the with the Bucks as well, minus 16 and a half. Um, I don't love it. They have been really good at home, like Scott mentioned. They are 14 and 2 straight up. Um, only seven and nine against the spread, but they are averaging 126 points per game at home this season. While the Spurs on the road uh this se- uh season, they are Two and nine straight up, four and seven against the spread. They're giving up 120 and a half points per game. Um, and they're really giving it up in the first half as well. They've lost now one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight games in a row on the road. So uh, not going to be very pretty for the Spurs. And they're embarking, I believe this is uh, a three or four game road trip uh, for the San Antonio Spurs. So uh, keep that in mind. So lean with the, with the Bucks here. Total sitting at 249 here, Scott. Um, I think we probably both like the Bucks team total in this game. 
Yeah, no, it is a massive number. That's the only thing that's yeah. kind of scaring me off, but I do think they're going to get over this number. The full game total, if you think the Spurs are going to cover, you should probably take the over with it because they're not right. getting any stops. <laughs> like I, I, don't think, no. I think Milwaukee is going to walk into it at least 130. So yeah. if you think the Spurs cover, that means you're probably expecting the Spurs to score enough to get the job done. I thought about Milwaukee first half team total over, mm-hmm. but it's 68 and a half. Which sounds disgusting, but I can see that like being an easy winner. But I don't know if I feel good enough to like lock that up or anything. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna lean over in this game because I think Milwaukee once again is probably scoring 135, 140. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, we can always see a world where they score 70 plus points in the first half to the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't think there's a question about it. Um yeah, I, I mean, I know they're big numbers. Obviously, it's a big number for a reason. But um, again, Milwaukee can get whatever they want on the offensive side here because, like we mentioned, that the um, San Antonio Spurs defensively just not very good. So uh, just to put into context before we get to the next game, I know they've been better over the last five games, have the San Antonio Spurs, but uh, opponent field goals made, uh, they ranked number 21 opponent three-pointers made. I believe they were at 21 as well, tied for 21 with three other teams. Um, defensive rating over the last, uh, or the, at least of the course of the season, San Antonio is number 24. So, I, again, like I mentioned, the, the Bucks can get whatever they want offensively uh, in this game. Uh, player props, Scott, what are you looking at? It's tricky because I don't know how long these guys are going to play. I want to yeah. blindly take Giannis to go for 40, but he might only play 25 minutes. So, so I don't know uh, if I could really make a case for any of these guys. Lillard's been great recently. Giannis, mm-hmm. I think, has the best matchup because of that Wemby. Good luck to Zach Collins. That's all I'm going to say. He's going to need it. So I, I think Giannis is going to feast. Bobby Portis, I think, is worth a look if you can find props on him because he might be the biggest beneficiary for big men on the team in a blowout script because he's the bench guy. So I think Portis might be in line for maybe a double-double, maybe a 15-8 and eight type game. I think Portis can have a good game. I don't want Brook Lopez blocks. He's been very good at rim protection. And the Spurs, not a great shooting team. They attack the rim, but they're not very good at it. I think that Brook Lopez can block some shots. Vassell is going to get every shot attempt that he wants, so I don't mind Vassell overs. But once again, it's really about if you think the Spurs keep it close and how long you think it takes for either team to just clear the benches and to just let the bench guys play. So I think I'm going to lean to some Giannis props. Maybe the under for turnovers is a way to look for some of these guys because if you think that Milwaukee is going to get a bunch of looks and look very sharp offensively and you think that guys might get benched, the under turnovers might be worth a look. I saw Giannis at three and a half, and mm-hmm. if you think he might only play 27 minutes or so, that's kind of a good blowout script prop because they're expecting a certain amount of minutes and Giannis could go way under. So I don't mind the under for Giannis turnovers in this game. Yeah, I think the one um, or a couple that intrigued me was Devin Vassell. You mentioned it. We'll take, uh, you know, Terrell's guy here. His points props only at 19 and a half. Um, He's been... I mean, he's been really good. There's no better way to put it. If we just go uh, into his stats, I know he's only averaging 18.3 points per game. He had 30 the other night. Yeah, he had 36 against the Lakers. Uh, did fall back down to earth in a blowout loss uh, to the Pelicans. Only went 5 of 13. Um, finished the game with 13 points. But I think it's an opportunity, especially without uh, Wimby, who does take up a lot of shots uh, in this Spurs offense, and rightfully so. That, uh, that opens up more shots for guys like Devin Vassell and Kelvin Johnson uh, and those type of players. So um, looking at Devin Vassell over 19 and a half points, uh, Malachi Bronham, I think is intriguing as well. I think he's potentially blowout proof. Um, he's at 11 and a half at minus 140. I think, I think the guys were mentioning in the chat that he may be the guy that's coming off of the bench or he's going to get, get the start here uh, for the, uh, San Antonio Spurs uh, with Wimby out. Uh, I do like him 11 and a half. Um, I want to get there with Dane threes because San Antonio's three-point defense has not been very good. And like you mentioned, he's been really good over the past several games and he's head-to-head. He's been really good against the Spurs as well. He's made seven 
three pointers each uh, in the last two meetings with the Spurs. Now, granted, that was with the Portland Trailblazers, but um, they really can't guard anybody, especially at the point guard position. So, I same three and a half threes. I think that even if he does only play 27 minutes, 25 minutes, I think that he could still get over this number, possibly even in the first half. So, um, I like Dame in this game here as well, over three and a half. Wanted to get there with Giannis rebounds, but again, like you mentioned, it, it, it's a blowout factor that he could end the game with 10, 11 rebounds and I get hooked and, and it ends up going under. So those are the couple of ones that I was looking at in this game. Definitely will be playing Devin Vassell and Malachi Branham. Um Anything else for this game? No, not really. And that's basically it for me. All right, next game on the board, probably the game of the night here. We got the Boston Celtics. They are in the Bay Area. The take on the Golden State Warriors currently as it stands, the Boston Celtics are a five and a half point road favorite in this game with a total of 233. Uh, looking at the injury report for this game, let's start here with the Boston Celtics. The only questionable tag is going to be uh, Tinkus Pinkus, Kristoff Porzingis. He is dealing with a left calf strain. For the Golden State Warriors, we know Draymond's going to be out at least, I think they said three weeks is what I saw the report as. Uh, Chris Paul is questionable for this game. He is dealing with an illness. And then Gary Payton II is going to be out. He has a right cap strain. Um, we did see Steph Curry in the last game not hit a three-pointer. So that streak of, I don't know, it was like 230-something or 60-something came to an end. Um, in a game where they barely won against the Portland Trailblazers. But hey, give credit to Clay Thompson. Uh, he's been playing relatively well and shooting the basketball relatively well the past couple games here. But let's start with this uh, side here, uh, Scott. Minus five and a half for the Boston Celtics as a road favorite here. The only concern would be if I think that new. Uh, it just seems like the Warriors always give the Celtics problems. Not even just yeah. the NBA Finals, but it just feels like the Warriors spacing can give the Celtics some problems and in the atmosphere of Golden State. Sometimes it's a little bit, I don't say too bright for the Celtics, but it just seems like they underachieve in some spots. But this is not most Golden State seasons. Like, this is not a good basketball team. And I know that they beat the Nets over the weekend. That game was dicey. Then they beat Portland. That was really dicey. Curry didn't make a three. He was battling an illness, apparently. But I don't think this Golden State team is very good. So I'm not saying that I'm automatically tossing every previous meeting out the window, but I am at least acknowledging that this Golden State team is probably the worst Golden State team since, what, the year that Curry played like five games because he broke his hand? Uh, Yeah, you can they, say that. Or they drafted Wiseman uh, with yeah. the top pick. But mm -hmm. it's, a re it's just one of the worst teams they've had in a decade or so. I'm going to lean to Boston. I don't feel great about it, but once again, I do think that the Warriors are just not objectively a good basketball team, and I'm not going to overact them being the Nets and the Trailblazers. So give me Boston. It's not going to be easy. If you like Golden State, I don't mind Golden State early in this game, but I do think that if Boston is going to weather the storm early, they just have too much talent, and I think Golden State's going to have some problems. So I'm going to lean to Boston I maybe wouldn't mind a fun prop in this game. Maybe Boston to trail by 10 and to come back and win the game. Uh, I think that's probably an interesting prop. But I do think Golden State might start off pretty well, and then they're going to hit a wall. And we've seen Golden State as a really bad team at holding leads all season long. I'm going to lean Boston. I think that they're going to struggle early. They're going to wake up. They're going to win this game. So I'll go with Boston to cover. Not easy, but Boston by nine. Give or take. All right. Yeah, I mean, this one was is despite it being a great matchup uh, on paper, it, the the trends were not really helping uh, in this game, at least as a baseline of where to start. Uh, you know, handicapping this game. So Boston on the road this season are six and five straight up. They are two seven and two against the spread. Uh, as an away favorite uh, this season, they are two seven and two against the spread as well. Um, and the Warriors, not very good at home this year. Uh, they're just three and nine against spread. So uh, I think it's going to take a Steph Curry 35 plus point game for them to, I think, win this game here. If you're going to get what 
Clay has given you over the last three games, which has been really, really good. Probably the best stretch of basketball that he's played in I don't know how long. Um, I think that they do have a chance to maybe even win this game outright through the wards. And you mentioned it, right? Like this team is not the same team that we've seen in the past. And they have given fits to the Boston Celtics here as well. But can I trust Boston as a road favorite? I'm not sure. Um, you take a look at what Clay's done over the last three games. He scored 30 points, eight of 12 from three point land. He had 24 against the Portland, sorry, against the Brooklyn Nets, and then 28 against the Portland Trailblazers, 11 of 16 from the floor, five of 10 from three point land. And I think out there, there's an emphasis that I think Steve Kerr came out and said that we need help for Steph Curry. And they made some adjustments to the starting lineup. They put in pods, you know, in that starting lineup. They put in Jonathan Kaminga uh, in that starting uh, lineup, took out a- Andrew Wiggins, but pretty much Andrew Wiggins started playing starter minutes. He ended up that game with 29 minutes. He did have 25 points coming off of the bench uh, for the uh, for the Golden State Warriors. So I think the Warriors catching points here, I'll, I'll lean that way. Um I think Steph Curry does bounce back after a really bad shooting night against the Blazers, just two of 12 from the floor, 0 of nine from three point land. So um, I do expect a big game here from Curry. So um, yeah, I'll go with the Warriors here plus the five and a half catching the points at home. Scott total sitting at two thirty three. What are you thinking about that? It That total feels right. Like I'm, yeah. I'm trying to think of if there's any angle at all that I have, I think I'd probably lean to the under in this game. Uh, Just assuming that Boston's defense shows up and Golden State's offense doesn't doesn't have enough weapons, that I think that if Boston can somewhat keep Clay in check and we'll see how healthy Curry is because he was battling an illness. We'll see where he's at. But I'll lean under. I don't really feel great about it. Once again, I'll probably skip this game entirely, but I'll lean under. The total does feel about right. I think so, too. I know Boston defensively has been really good this season. They're number two defensive rated team, 109.2. And the Golden State Warriors defense is right around league average, number 16 offensively. We know Boston, what they're capable of. They are uh, number six. And then, like you mentioned, the concern is with the Golden State offense is that are they going to continue to get support for Steph Curry? with Clay Thompson and with Andrew Wiggins and, you know, with Moses Moody potentially knocking, knocking some shots down for them. So, um, yeah, I'll, I'll lean with the under here, something in the realm that where it sneaks under this game, like one nineteen one fourteen is what I'm thinking. I think it could go either way. So lean towards the under, or sorry, well, uh, like, yeah, that's like two thirty three. I thought it was two thirty eight. So like, I mean, you know what I mean? I think it sneaks under the total of one, uh, 233. I think one bad quarter is going to kill the pace. Yeah, and it might just be early as well. I mean, they, you know, um, a lot of times we've seen that, um, you know, for a lot of these games before I've been over that one quarter kills your over bet. Uh, player props here, Scott, what are you looking at? So I'll start off with an obscure prop, but it's been working out well lately. I don't mind Derek White under four and a half rebounds. I mean, four and a half assists, I mean. He's been very good at, at shooting, but mm-hmm. the assists have not really been there recently. He's gone under in four of the last five, but against Golden State historically, he has not been the greatest at facilitating. And I do think that White has kind of, I don't want to say been relegated to being a three-point shooter, but he doesn't really handle much of the facilitating responsibilities with this yeah. team by design. For reference, by the way, White has gone under four and a half assists in each of his last nine games against the Warriors. Nine straight unders in the head dead. I'll take the under four and a half assists for Derek White. Um, I was looking at Drew Holiday's assist. That's at four and a half at plus money. Um, so if you like the under on Derek White, I think somebody has to get the assist. And I know that Drew Holiday has been really inconsistent about getting assists. I know he didn't have any assists in that game against the Orlando Magic in their last game, and prior to that. Four four two did have five assists against the New York Knicks, um, but head to head against the Golden State Warriors in his career, and this goes back to the time where he was with the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, he's had at least five assists in 
five straight games um, against the against the Warriors. So that might be worth a look if you want some plus money odds. As far as a player prop assist um, points, Steph Curry, I was interested in. That number was at 28 and a half. It's at minus 160. You're pretty much at 29 and a half and hoping that he or he gets a 30 points here tonight. I think this is a good bounce back spot. First Steph Curry after the bad shooting night he did have against the uh, Blazers in their prior game. Um, so look for Steph Curry here tonight. But other than that, I am I was looking for Looney rebounds. I didn't see that yet just because we don't know who the starting lineup has been for these um for the Warriors since they did kind of shuffle it a little bit in their last game against the uh, Blazers. So I will be looking for Looney rebounds. Um probably as we get closer to uh game time, they'll post those uh, uh props later. Anything else for this game here, Scott? No, not really. You mentioned rebounds. I thought about taking Podes, but I don't see his prop up. But he's actually a good rebounder. I think that his rebounding prop is undervalued all the time. So I don't mind that angle if it pops up at some point. But for the most part, no. I just think that at the end of the day, the assists for Boston, you could argue where they're going to come from. But historically speaking, they have not come from White. So I think that the four and a half assists is a bit too high. Uh, Give me a second. I had a message to respond to. Um, Yeah. All right, let's get over to the last game of the night here. It's going to be the Phoenix Suns. They are headed to Portland to take on the Blazers. Suns currently sitting as a seven and a half point favorite in this game with a total of 232. Let's look at the injury report here for both of these teams. Start here with the road team, the Phoenix Suns. Grayson Allen is probable. Bradley Beal is out. Uh, Nasir Little is available to play here tonight. Josh Akogi is out as well for the Phoenix Suns. And for the Portland Trailblazers, Shaden Sharp is questionable here tonight. He is dealing with a right abductor soreness, and that is pretty much the only significant uh, injury for the uh, Portland Trailblazers. Minus 7.5 in favor of the road team, the Phoenix Suns here. Scott, what do you think about the spread? I, I feel like, once again, Portland's in a decent spot. But this team's also terrible. You can add them to the list of bad teams in the league. They've lost seven straight. Uh, they have lost to some bad teams at home. Dallas, they lost two by 11, but we know Dallas is missing about half the roster. Lost to Utah by eight. That's embarrassing because Utah is very bad on the road. Uh, they lost to Golden State. Okay, that one's not as bad. I mean, Curry had single-digit points, and they still lost the game. So that's kind of a bad look. Phoenix really just doesn't impress me. I watched a lot of that Wizards game over the weekend, and they were trailing for most of that game. Like, I don't think they're that good of a basketball team, but do I think that Portland is even decent enough to not get embarrassed on their home floor once? You know what? Sure. I'll take Portland. I think this line's a bit too big. Once again, Phoenix has really just not impressed me all season long, and I do think that Portland's with Simons, and you said that Sharp's playing and maybe Aiden shows up for a game. Keyword, maybe. Yeah. I'll lean to the Blazers. Seven naps, a lot of points for a team to be lying that I don't actually like. They're better than Portland, but still, I just don't trust this team enough. I'm going to take the Blazers plus the seven and a half. Yeah, I don't trust the Phoenix Suns defensively either, man. Um, They're a bad defensive team. Yeah, and especially I think Josh Jacoby is probably their best defender. I mean, you could throw Durant obviously in that category as well. Um, but on the road, they are seven and four straight up, five five and one against the spread. The Trailblazers at home have not been very good either. So, uh, their numbers at home against the spread uh, this season: two and nine straight up, three and eight against the spread. Um, so not much there. I'll. I'll this could also feel like a game like Phoenix just kind of like takes like their anger out or like has I don't say anger out, but like they have success on the offensive side of the basketball. But I was watching the last game with the Blazers against the Warriors and they made a run in that third quarter. So there's no I don't say I don't say there's no quit in this team uh, for the Blazers. Um, and also DeAndre Aiden obviously welcome his former team into town i know they already matched up in uh phoenix earlier this season we'll talk about player props here in a minute but i think this might be a game where ayton has success scoring the basketball i don't trust him rebounding at all because he's really hit or miss on that side but i'll take the home dog here plus seven and a half i don't love it uh total at 232 here scott what do you think 
I'm going to lean over. Uh, the over is probably my favorite play in this game yeah. because I don't trust either defense at all. And I do think you're looking at a spot where there is some firepower on both sides of the ball. Of course, Phoenix is a lot more potent than Portland's because Booker and Durant might be the best duo in the league in terms of talent. You could argue mm-hmm. maybe LeBron and AD, but you get my point. It's a very yep. solid duo. Portland doesn't have a lot of talent, but Simon's coming back gives them a score. Sharp has been struggling a bit lately, but we know that he's talented as well. The pace should be there, I think, as well. I'll, I think the over is probably my favorite play in this game because we think that Phoenix, once again, isn't a good defensive team. And offensively, they can't, they should get theirs against Portland. I'll lean over. This game might break 240. Yeah, these two teams, like I mentioned, they matched up in uh, Phoenix earlier this season. That game was a final score of 120 to 107. Well, Simon's didn't uh, play, so I'm kind of yeah. tossing it out. Yeah, Simon's didn't play in that game. Um, Shaden Sharp didn't have a good shooting night in that game either. He was only 3 of 13. Um, and then for the Phoenix Suns in that game, Durant had 31 points. Devin Booker finished the game with eight, uh, 28. Aiden in that game had 18 points and eight rebounds in that game. So, yeah, I'll lean towards the over in this game. I, I feel like both these teams, especially with the guys that the Portland Trailblazers have gotten back, are playing at a little bit of faster pace. Um, see if I can pull up the last five games pace numbers here. That's really a good indicator. Um, Portland is at number 19. Phoenix has, is tied at number 20. But defensive-wise, over the last five games, Phoenix ranks number 19 and Portland is the third worst defensive rated team over the last three games as well. Right down there with the Detroit Pistons and the Indiana Pacers. So, yeah, I love the over in this game here as well. Player props, Scott, what are we looking at? I think Nurkic is going to have a great game on the boards. So I'm looking at Nurkic boards in this game. Uh, Trying to see what the exact number is for Nurkic right now, though. Uh, I see 11 and a half. Yeah, I think he goes over. Uh, going through his numbers for the last couple of games in general, Nurkic has been feasting on the boards. Yeah. He's had, uh, just going through the numbers here, he's had at least 13 rebounds in three, uh, sorry, at least 12 rebounds in three of the last uh, four, or three mm-hmm. of the last five. So he's been in good form, but to go through the head-to-head, uh, sorry, that was the head-to-head. So in the head-to-head, he's had at least 12 rebounds in three of the last five meetings. But to go through his actual numbers in the last five games overall, he's had at least 13 rebounds in three of the last four, at least 12 rebounds in each of the last four. Nurkic rebounds is probably my favorite prop for this game. You can make an argument for points or maybe double-double with Booker, and they're going to have a crazy uh, game where they combine for 60 points. I don't mind that either. But I do think that Nurkic is in line for a very good rebounding game. That's probably my favorite prop. Yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, I love Nurk here on the rebounds. Um, it's it's hard to determine on which score is going to show up for this Blazers team just because they are healthy now because you got Jeremy Grant back. You have Anthony Simons. You have Malcolm Brogdon back as well. So um, I just think that... Um, I'm blindly going to guess Simon because he takes more shots than anybody. So Simon's yeah. going to guess. Yeah, um, and also maybe if Shaden Sharp, he's questionable for this game officially, but uh, I feel like that it might just be at the point guard position because the Suns have been really struggling to defend the point guard position um, thus far this season. So at least over the last uh, five games, Shade, uh, sorry, uh, Anthony Simons has gotten up at least 20 shot attempts in those games, and he scored 38, 30, 38, 9, 33, and 24. And his points probably think I started at 24 and a half for this game, so he might be worth a look here tonight. But I think, yeah, this might just be a game where we see a lot of back and forth. Um, yeah, that's all That's all I got for this game. You have anything else? No, that's basically it. All right, so that's again, If you a- want to take a shot for like Booker or Durant or both to go for 30, I'm not going to stop you. I think yeah. at least one of them gets 30. Maybe you want to look for Booker assists, but once again, I just see a high-scoring game. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get over to our lock and dog, and then we'll get to our underdog fantasy entry here for tonight. Uh, Scott, you want to lead us off? Sure. Uh, so for my lock on the show, contemplating if I want to go for Nurkic rebounds or if I want to go for the Derek White prop. I think I'll go for the Derek White prop. As my lock, I'll take the under four and a half assists, uh, trying to find the best line on that. Uh, it's minus 105 
So that's going to be the one I go with. But once again, he's gone under this number in each of his last nine games against Golden State. And he's gone under this number in four of the last five games overall. I know you mentioned before that Holiday's assist numbers against Golden State have been pretty good, historically speaking. Uh, mm-hmm. But I do think that, once again, White's role on this team is to mostly be a three-point shooter. And most of the ball handling is done by Tatum, done by Brown. And I do think you're looking at, or even Drew Holiday. So once again, I just think based on the role that White has with this roster, it's not the greatest to accumulate a bunch of assists. Give me Derek White under four and a half assists as my lock at minus 105. And for my dog, what do I want to go with here? Because I feel like there's a lot of opportunity in the Suns game. Uh, because mm-hmm. once again, we're picking a pretty high scoring game to take place. So the question is, what prop do I actually want? I thought about taking an alt for Nurk um, actual rebounds, but it's already at 11 and a half, and I'm not sure if he gets to like 15. Might be asking a bit much. So looking to see if I could find anything that I'm tempted by here. Um, you know what? I think I'll take a bit of a bolder stance. I'm going to go with the same game. Uh, with the Celtics and Warriors, I'll put money where my mouth or I'll put the money where my mouth is. Give me the Celtics to trail by ten and to come back and win, plus four ten. All right. Ooh, okay, I like that. Uh, all right. Uh, for my <clears throat> lock, there's a couple of ways that we can go here. Um, I think it might rebounds. just. Yeah, I like Nurk rebounds. Um, I really do like the over in the Suns and Blazers game, but I also think Bucks put up a lot of points as well. But it's it's a really big number, and like one quarter of like twenty eight points, like could like really derail yeah. it. Um, yeah, let's just go with the Suns and Blazers over two thirty two. Um, Blazers again defensively just not very good, but I just think the pace is going to be at a very high level in this game. Um, we won't be surprised if Phoenix do score 125 plus points in this game. But um, again, with the Blazers getting their guys back, like the Malcolm Brogdon's of the world, the Jeremy Grant's of the world, uh, Anthony Simons as well, there is enough scoring power for this Portland Trailblazers side for them to do their part to get this over the total. Um, I know the Phoenix Suns came out in that last game against the Wizards in that first half and weren't shooting the basketball very well. And they just turned it up in the second half. Um, but I do think that's a game where there'll be a little bit more consistent scoring the basketball. So I'll take the over 232 uh, in that game. For my dog, um, I will put together a simple player prop parlay. So we'll go Nurk over 11 and a half rebounds. Um, and then we'll go Devin Vassell over 19 and a half points and that will get you close to two to one let me see if i can okay here we go uh yeah so that will get you around plus 220 uh for my dog play of the day so nurk over 11 and a half rebounds and then devin vassell over 19 and a half points will get you plus 219 here for tonight as my dog uh, all right, Scott, let's do our underdog fantasy entry for tonight. Again, if you don't have an account at underdog fantasy, I don't know what you're waiting for. Make sure to go to underdogfantasy.com. Use that promo code SGPN. You'll get a first deposit match of up to $100. And if you already have an account, you know, grab your uh, wife's uh, phone, grab uncle, auntie, grandma, grandpa, mom, dad, uh, get yourself an account. Use that promo code SGPN. Uh, and come join along with us and, and um, you know, make a little bit of money uh, with our underdog fantasy entry. All right, Scott, where do we want to start here? We're going to start with Nurk rebounds. Yeah, I feel like that's a pretty safe place to start. All right, we'll go higher 11 and a half rebounds for Nurk. What else do you want to go? I mean, do you just want like Durant points or something? Booker so points. Durant points, yeah. He's at 29 and a half. Uh, Booker is at 28 and a half. So not much separating those two guys there. Um, Your preference? I think somebody pointed out in the chat that Jeremy Grant may match up on Kevin Durant here tonight. I think I agree with that. Um, so I think I think Booker may be the pivot here. But again, you, we know that both those guys are going to get their shots up. So I don't really think it really matters on which one we go with. Um, 
I think I think it's a it's a, it's a Kevin Durant. I'm gonna go with Durant. What do you think? Yeah, sure, that's fine. All right, so we'll go Kevin Durant. Where is he? Higher twenty nine and a half points. Um, all right, so we got two there. Um, what else are you looking at? Do you want to go back to the Derek White assist? Yeah, we can do that. Let's go Derek White. Um, lower four and a half assists. All right, there we go. So we'll do a three, three uh, pick entry here. So we'll go Yusuf Nurkic, higher 11 and a half rebounds. Kevin Durant, higher 29 and a half points. And Derek White of the Boston Celtics, lower than four and a half assists. That $100 entry, uh, if we go three for three, we'll get you a return of $600. Uh, again, make sure you go to underdogfantasy.com. Use our promo code SGPN. You'll get a first deposit match up to $100. Um, and again, please uh, help us support the show and also the network uh, at Sports Gambling Podcast. Uh, sorry, yeah, so the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. All right, that is pretty much going to do it uh, for this edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. Scott, anything else you want to mention before we get out of here? No, not really. I'll be back again tomorrow with Terrell. Yeah, uh, tomorrow, same time uh, as usual. Uh, for the Wednesday schedule with uh, Terrell and Scott. Make sure you tune in with those guys uh, tomorrow. If you haven't already subscribed to the NBA Gambling Podcast uh, YouTube channel, please go ahead and do so. And then also uh, leave us a rating and review if you haven't done so already. Well, it really helps us grow the show. Um, haven't seen a lot of reviews come in, so if you guys can, do us a huge favor. Uh, if you haven't already left us a rating and review, please go ahead and do so. Whether it's on Spotify, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, we truly do appreciate it. You can follow Scott on X. That's going to be at Rice Shell Radio. You can follow me on X at SportsNerd824. Appreciate everybody in the chat. The usual suspects, uh, Kaysen, uh, Daniel Lewis, um, and O'Reilly's popped in as well. Um, appreciate all you guys that do tune in with us every single day. It makes the show go by a lot faster. It's a lot more entertaining. All right, I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Until then, good luck with your bets here tonight. Let's break these books off and let it ride.